Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Herta UK podcast, the only podcast of the UK's official fan club. I hope it eventually I get paid for saying that. <laughs> it feels like it's my legal obli- obligation, like uh, like at work when they say we're not we're not scheduling any firearms today. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, but um, yeah, so welcome everyone. We thought this would be a good opportunity to have a little bit of a recap on the first half of the season and take a little sneaky look not in too much depth actually at the start of next season and what that's going to throw up because I'm sure you're aware there's a subject that we're probably not going to go into any detail whatsoever tonight happening a big event happening elsewhere in the world which uh, deprives us of her to Berlin until the end of January, as it's not even flipping December, it's going to be a long old wait. So this is a, <laughs> we think this is a timely opportunity or a brilliant service by your number one Hertha fan club to uh, to uh, uh, talk about Hertha for a little bit at least. So let me, before I've got with me tonight, uh, Chris and Anna. And we are going to be talking about uh, the last couple of games, I'm sure, how we played in those games. Um, also, um, like previewing uh, what's coming in the first couple of games when we come back. But also, when we do come back, it'll be the January transfer window. And we've had uh, rumours of a takeover, so hopefully... Somebody swatted up on that because I haven't, but um, I'll be interested to hear if you, anybody's been listening out on the uh, on the wires on that. And, I think uh, I know someone also, who might have an opinion on that, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know somebody who's always got an opinion. Uh, and also, uh, I want to talk about uh, three or four players who have played exceptionally well in this first uh, first half of the season. So, uh, yeah, I've got a to-do list so long I've forgotten what the first item was. But <laughs> I think just to recap, uh, in the uh, the last three games before we broke up for the Winter Pals, uh, we um, lost to Bayern 3-2, played incredibly well, actually, when we got our act together. But unfortunately, we were already trailing. Um, we um, lost away at Stuttgart 2-1. Uh, and then we beat uh, Cologne, uh, Cologne at home 2-0. Um, so it's kind of, we got there in the end and there's a significance in the Cologne result uh, in that uh, it made sure we didn't end the um, half season in the uh, relegation spots. And that psychologically feels quite good Huge. to me. So Chris, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, just want to come back to those sort of last couple of three or four games, looking at those sort of late goals we've conceded, which has been a shame, like the, the Verder game conceding in the 85th minute, Stuttgart obviously 90 plus eight, which was just a killer. So to win that last game at home, especially at home, is huge. Um, huge to not be in the bottom three, huge to finish on a win, huge for Kanga to get his goal, and he took it really, really well. Um Playing against Bayern 3-0 down, it feels like we're repeating ourselves on these podcasts. Hmm. That was last season. We'd have got beat six. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely <laughs> would, yeah. We, yeah. We probably got beat 3-2. 
and we came back into it and had chances to equalise as well. And so, you know, once again, we're down. We're, we're where we expect to be. But how we're playing is better than what we expected, I think. That's my assessment anyway. Where we are in the league is about where we are in the league. How we're playing to get there is better than I thought we would be. And I'm really pleased with that. And I think Schwartz's style, um, I think he's got, I think, I hope the blueprint is there for, for a, a happy future. And I actually think the big event happening at the moment can only, ha- can only do well for Hertha because Schwartz has got the majority of his squad. Hopefully, I don't know actually if he's given them a winter break or, or what. Mm. Shouldn't be for too long. He's going to have at least three weeks to work with these guys in the training field, isn't he? Yeah, they've got quite a few friendlies. I don't know who what the turnover of players will be like in those friendlies, but we've got. Um, if I if I were in uh, Berlin over the next ten days, I'd have gone to a couple of those games just to just out of interest. I think we've got Braunschweig and Hanover in quick mm-hmm. succession, but so and and also a couple of local sides. So I never you never know quite who's in the team. Yeah, but. Anna, you uh, you were at the uh, Cologne game. It hmm. seemed pretty. <laughs> I would say, you know, you talk about the twelfth man, and 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 uh, I think I had uh, me and uh, Woodsy, also key member of the Herta UK in a Sanctum. We were uh, interviewed, although I use that phrase loosely, by a. Um, a, a journalist who was co- talking about the issue with atmosphere at uh, yeah. the Olympia Stadion. On yeah. they were quite it was quite barbed questions, but I thought on days like the Cologne days, yeah, the atmosphere is a match for any ground in the country. Yeah, and, it was crazy. It was nice. It wasn't. It wasn't mad. As actually, it was not. It wasn't so crazy. There was a lot of before kickoff, a lot of protests against the big event we're not going to talk about on <laughs> yeah in the stands um there was a lot of uh there was just a lot of uh, voices being heard because there was um there was such a need to win you had to do everything you can you can't force your team to win you can be as loud as you like and still lose you know but there yeah. was the, last season if we'd lost a game it would have been like proper nasty atmosphere really dark, like horrible reaction from people this was not the kind of reaction because we had just lost to Stuttgart mm. in the 98th minute which was awful like I had a friend who was there he said he had coins thrown at him he had beer thrown at him he did not have a nice time in Stuttgart at all does not want to go back um to lose in the 98th minute especially because you keep conceding late goals you are just praying you get two goals and not one and you're ahead by two because it's much easier to defend a two-goal lead. Even in the 60th, 70th minute when we were 2-0 up, people were still, me included, nervous. Um, when it yeah. gets to about the, it was like, I was about 65 minutes, like if we can get through the next 15 minutes without conceding the goal, well, then it was fine. We got it. But uh, it was a, it was a good atmosphere throughout the game there was like you know it's normal Bundesliga atmosphere always a lot of singing a lot of scheiße scheiße FC Cone sorry um there was it was just like everybody was just relieved I think more than excited just relieved yeah 
because uh, if you if we had lost that game, we would have been second bottom. Um, no, yes, no, yes. Yeah, <laughs> we would, we would have, been, have been down there. We would have been seventeenth because I, um, no, uh, because Schalke would have been on the same. I think maybe the same amount of points. They would have no, actually, um, maybe third bottom. But Borkum would have been above us. So because they miraculously won against Augsburg on the same day. But again, that kind of helps because it yeah. brings Augsburg down. Yeah. It actually, in a way, it kind of helped because it brings Augsburg further down, brings them into the their bottom five with less points between them. So uh, a lot of, it's a weird one. A lot of our home games have been against some really difficult sides. Yeah. Uh, we've played Bayern at home. We've played Leverkusen at home. Even though Leverkusen didn't start well, they've still got a lot of talent, a lot of quality. We had Dortmund at home. Um, we lost them all. We, we lost two of them. We, we didn't beat Leverkusen. We drew with Frankfurt again. They're like miraculous turnaround. Freiburg are second in the table. We had all these teams at home and all the sort of teams that we expected to get better results off. We had away from home on stupid days of the week. Horrible like distances to travel for away fans although a lot of them did go, those teams now have to come to Berlin in the second half of the season and yeah. they're not playing back, they're not playing well. So like, the game against Bremen or Stuttgart, I always say if we played that game at home, we could probably, we probably would have won it. Gladbach as well, like we probably would, because we've lost all these games by a single goal. We've only lost one game by more than one goal, Yeah, which is so weird to think about. That's a nice statistic. Against... Union. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the having the most miraculous. The, miraculous the thing is, stuff. though, <laughs> you can see a progression because obviously we conceded what five goals against Braunschweig in the cup. So you think, oh god, normal service resumed. Yeah. Then, then you, we lost. Was it five or four? I think it was four, wasn't it? it was four. four. Oh, that's four then. Yeah, I've got uh, well, the penalties, PTSD from the, pe- the time before. The yeah. penalties, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we just played in front two friendlies where both games went to penalties and won one and lost one, but changed the team almost completely in the second half of each of the games because they were obviously practice games. So, um, And then, uh, then yeah. there was the Onion game and um, we, yeah, we lost emphatically in that game. And we didn't play well. Actually, that, we didn't play well until we made three changes. And the same thing happened in, against Stuttgart, where we made three changes. They were exactly the same changes. And then we started to play better. Like Against Stuttgart, we did absolutely nothing, despite equalising in nothing in that first half. Mm. Second half, about 60 minutes in, they brought in three players. Whole game changed. It's just so unfortunate that for some reason, you know, we concede 98th minute stupid mistake to lose the ball concede a corner guy who scores it probably shouldn't have been on the pitch in the first place because he'd been booked and it had uh you know Avrapanos had been uh, later actually accused by a referee that he should have had a we should have had a penalty so we can't complain about that referee's not seen it but then it's yeah. just conceding against the 98th yeah. minute it's killer it could have really yeah. really hurt that, that but- team no, the point really is, happen. the point I was making is that it, I think we are, the, the Onion game was probably like the start of the positive effects that, that Schwartz yeah. was having on the team. And we're, we're complaining now about these late goals where we've come back into the game after <coughs> some significant substitutions and then got mm. very close and then lost it at the last. Mm. Just to re-emphasise Chris's point, we wouldn't have made three subs. <laughs> A, no, a Dad, I would have waited. Dad, I would have waited 
waited until yeah. like the 80th minute yeah. to make under, even one Under sub. Bruno, we'd already be seven down. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel to... so... No, I still feel yeah. so sorry for, for Labadia because he he so badly wanted certain kinds of yeah. players and he didn't get them. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a fair because, point. Yeah, and the yeah. management was just... Yeah, I mean, you've seen what's happening now with... Michel Pritz, it was on an interview the other day, if anyone hasn't seen it, he was asked about what happened at Hertha and literally took none of the blame himself. Yeah. And it really upset a lot of people because they're like, this, he said like they, they, they've got this problem and that problem with money now and I'm not there anymore. It's like, but it's your fault that we're in this problem in the first place. Like, yeah. you're the one that spent 25 million on Christophe Piontek and yeah. gave him 5 million wages. Did he say so, how much his payoff was? No, because that can't have helped. No, no. Under yeah, then yeah, if Dardai was clocking a million a year, what what uh, you know? I mean, one thing I you're talking about new coaching team. It's it's funny because um, people have uh, spoken a little about Andy Menger, the the goalkeeping coach. A few people are not a big fan. He used to be at Cologne. Um, They sort of blame him for Timo Horn's form dipping although I don't think it's actually his fault I think Horn's just getting old but like eh, people then blamed him for Schwaller's bad performances and Schwaller's now a scalker and he still is still performing really badly so I don't think it's the goalkeeping coach's fault yeah. you know um yeah. it, it's the same effect look at Oliver Christensen what he's doing so it's the same effect with Sandro yeah. Schwartz it's not it's not how he manages teams it's what he's got to work with in the first place no, so yeah. if Schwartz can get what he wants, which he has kind of got what he mostly what he wants or what we can get, looks yeah. better than last season where we had three managers who literally had to stick, you know, stick paper together and make an aeroplane. So, yeah, you know, it doesn't work like that. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think uh, I think he's doing a great job and uh, probably. Um, I think uh, I want to just talk briefly about, you mentioned Boham who occupy a second Bo- bottom at the moment. Yeah. They they have, in in the past five games, beaten Augsburg, Borussia Mönchengladbach and oh. Union. So they also, like, they've also, didn't they also lose after beating Union? Yeah, they have, they have lost, but they have, they've also... I was just surprised how low they were, given that they've didn't taken they get fu- beaten, a few... They got beaten 4-1 by Stuttgart, didn't they? Yeah. So yeah. I think they must have literally... They must be literally losing every week, and then suddenly they've hit three I games. Think yeah. two, three of those games two of those games are uh, were at home. That's the kind of the thing with Bochum. If you've ever watched them, they're so much better at home. They're absolutely dreadful away. But well, Augsburg, Augsburg have only themselves to blame for losing that game because they missed a penalty and they were absolutely dreadful. And Augsburg's good results have been more of a sort of hand of luck than anything else. They have not been a good team to watch, really. They've not been exciting. They don't really look good. Bochum, they just don't... I don't think they have the quality long-term to keep that up, but then it depends what they do. Like... Yeah. They've got some good players like Asano, the guy who kind of scored against Germany today. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but Bochum are a strange one because they'll play really well at home and then literally the next week they'll they'll be thrashed away. It's a strange one. It's a strange, strange one. Our, our home form's going to be 
sounds like a silly thing to say, but our home form is going to be absolutely crucial when we come back. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. where we're going to yeah. pick up the majority of our points, especially with the fixtures we've got at home. We yeah. really, really need to make those, so, make yeah, those you're right. count. So, Bochum is at home, isn't it? No, Bochum's oh, away. No, it's away. And, no, Bochum we've oh, got twice we'll... in 2023. We've got twice in 2023 because, obviously, it's not the end of the first half of the season yet. We've got yeah, two yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we've got Wolfsburg at home. Uh, so, in 2023, the teams we've got at home are uh, in that bottom half. Um, Bochum, uh, Stuttgart, Bremen, Mainz, uh, let me think, Augsburg. And we've got all those, like, five of those teams at, her, at home, at, at least five or six of them. Yeah. So, um, and we need a surprise in there as well. We need to beat... Leipzig, to... maybe? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's a game yeah. like that that kicks on your season again and again. You need yeah. a few surprise results in there. Yeah. Would you say we've had a surprise result? Yeah. Yet? Probably maybe Cologne. <laughs> um, mm. I would say the, the draw with Frankfurt would probably have been more of a surprise. Or uh, or the draw with Freiburg, everyone expected us to lose both mm. of them. I would, I would so, say, I've, I would say surprise responses to negative yeah. situations yes. is, yeah. is, you know, so maybe not the coming result, back but against the Bayern, of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, so surprise, it gives me hope. surprise performance. Just, there you go. Surprise performances yeah. have yeah. been it's more kind of, of a thing. I just, it would, I think it would make such a difference if we come out of the traps with a, with a win after Christmas. That Bochum game is going to be so difficult. Exactly. Do you know why? Do you know why? It's because Dodi Luca Bacchio is suspended. Oh, is he? Right. Yeah. Dodi suspended against Borkham. Five yellows. Okay. It's not. Yeah, he's gone, by the way. Bye-bye. Selka, um, yeah. bye-bye. No, he, he got booked against Cologne for nothing. So, I don't know what the refs have been on this season, but the amount of ridiculous yellow cards has He's been. my player of the season, by the way, so far. Mm. Dodi. Dodi, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll just we'll get to players of the season because I'm jumping around all over on my little master plan list, wish list yes, agenda. Yes. I'll stick a pin in it, Martin. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, so is, is Selka definitely gone, or is he heavily linked Windows with going? Window's not open yet. Um, heavily linked with going. Actually, oh. there's a number of players that are heavily linked with leaving. Selka's one of them. Uh, Pekarik and Dorida are the other two at the moment. So yeah. Well, the um, the thing about Zelka for me is like this is the first season I've sort of seen some value in, you know, <laughs> and now he now he's on his way. He's so sweet, you know, isn't he? He's such. He's, you know, he's tried so loves hard. Him. I yeah, know he does. He does. You know, he does you try hard. You can't fault that. I think that's half the battle. If you if you're no good but you try hard, then I mean, and that actually, he's, he he will get goals, and you know, oh. he and Dowie never. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that penalty against Bayern was, it was such a strange thing because I, I wasn't there, but I was watching on TV, I think, and the penalty that was given, I think people thought it was for the push, but you could hear him scream. Now, you could probably hear him yelp, you know, and mm. when they showed it back and he's had a, he's had a you know, a stud drag down the back of his leg and ah, that's the penalty, but I didn't think he was going to take it, but yeah. did. And he just, was like, well, come on then. Uh, maybe I've got some value after all, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, 
he's uh, I, the commentator made me laugh because he's like Selka last scored against Mainz and that was a penalty but he's facing Manuel Neuer here and I was like so <laughs> it's like so what he's facing Neuer so like, I could be facing the brick wall doesn't matter who you're facing and, it's still um, a penalty so yeah. it was actually really derogatory I really didn't like it like that's not fair yeah on players leaving Dorida's on his way as well yeah Dorida's Greece oh. Thessaloniki apparently yeah. Um, I know it's time. I know it's time, but that is uh, that is sad because he's yeah. quality. He's been like a real yeah, quality player over has, the yeah. years. But now is I think he's just run out of steam. He's not yeah. he's not up to speed with the league anymore. Maybe he's getting yeah. old. So yeah. I don't I see any value that. in him I think anymore. We saw that in the, in the preseason games we attended. Yeah, you do much when he was in preseason. There's not much pressing. It's he was on the ball when he absolutely pulled the strings, didn't he? Yeah, but then he didn't have a player near him for five to ten yards. Per- so they're perfect, yeah. aren't they? Those preseason. What do, what do we do? Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, he um, the best thing he's good at now is distance running. Like he's always going to clock up the distance, but he doesn't really, he doesn't really press. He doesn't really pass. He doesn't really yeah. dribble. In so terms of impact, he used to. Yeah, he used to. You're right. Impact player. I'm not so sure, but. It's sad because everyone loves him as well. He's such a well, beloved player. Sunjits has just done so well, and you know, he's the next yeah. generation. He's the eat them all, eat he? them all, eat them all. Yeah, <laughs> he's the new He's just taking it on. He's a fantastic he's, player. Yeah, it's amazing, uh, isn't it, that he came from Championship as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something that will uh, have no or very little relevance to our. German listeners is that Anna unhelpfully mm. pointed out today that Sunyik looks like Gail from Corrie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gail Platt. So what do, what do Luka Modric and Sunyik have in common is that they look like Gail Platt. <laughs> it's Platt it's the hair. There's this yeah. fantastic picture from the Cologne game of uh, of Sunyic and he's jumping and his hair is just in the air. I was like, that's a bloody fantastic picture. <laughs> and the guy's just, I don't know. I, I actually quite like the haircut, but like, it's not. It, it's like a bob on a man. It's very strange to look at. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's. I mean, yeah. It's it's not maybe it's a Croatian yeah. thing I don't know. Luckily, you can play a bit of football as well, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Gail uh, actually. <laughs> so could Gail, yeah. Yeah. She's a great goalie. You she's know? here in the ten role. She's absolutely yeah. dynamite. Weather, yeah, Weatherfield County trans- <laughs> transformed. The Weatherfield Wanderers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like brilliant. Yeah. Oh no, but, I, yeah, I love the. He's... You responded to me, Mark. You responded to my message with, "We'll talk about Gail later." Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They. I mean, when when I heard we'd signed somebody who'd spent the season on loan at Birmingham City, I honestly say it filled with me with no excitement whatsoever. <laughs> so it just shows you. And then, you know, if, if Birmingham City fans are what there may be some heard to UK Birmingham City fans. It'd be interesting yeah. to hear from you, but. They must be looking at him this season thinking, what the hell? Yeah. He's you know. a drafter, isn't he, though? He's, he does yeah. the basics really, really well. And to be honest, when you're down the bottom of the table, that's exactly what you want. Yeah. You want someone who's going to come in, run for 90 minutes, yeah, tackle yeah. with everything that he's got, yeah. lay the ball to the people that can play. And when he is on the ball, 
try and Pass. do something with it as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and I he, mean, and he does all of that. It's great. Uh, uh, Birmingham's. I hope we're signing him on a permanent because he has got a purchase option. Um, I'm not sure how much it is, but it depends on what happens financially anyway. I think Birmingham may... Yeah. Uh, we do get a discount in Roy's roles as well. If we yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. And so we've got Hayley serving and everything. Mm, yum. <laughs> um, but he... I can't imagine Birmingham sent him on loan because they, they didn't want to keep him. I just can imagine that Birmingham must have needed the money because um, why would you let a player go? Like He was playing all the time at City. So, yeah. Um, and also he's playing in the top, in the, at the top level in Berlin, in the top level of, you know, the Bundesliga, yeah. whereas in England he would be playing in the championship and Birmingham are not going to get promoted this season. I don't think they're anywhere near the top of the table, are they? They're down the bottom. No, they're mid, mid-table. Mid, mid-table, yeah. So why why would he go to the sec- back to the second division, you know? So uh, if you can get a purchase option, even an early purchase option, I would take it straight away because he's that kind of player. And I was insisting for ages when he wasn't in, he was not playing from the start against Stuttgart or Bremen. And it showed really, 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 really quickly. It showed because there was no press. So that because, because the way we're playing without him, we were playing with Serdar, who was being pretty bad. You know, it was in bad form. And I think, uh, Toussaint and, because there was no Shunyich, everybody ended up deeper. So that included Plattenhardt or Mittelstedt, depending on which was there. And Kenny ended up deeper. They couldn't come forwards. Therefore, there was no Whenever they do come forwards, they've got Shunyich and Tussar ready to fill that space, ready to get back in position if they do lose the ball or to win it back. But when there's no Shunyich there, there's no press, there's no, there's, there's no, there's nothing intense, there's no aggression, nothing. It's just really flat. Everybody was so deep against Bremen. Everybody was so deep against Stuttgart. And when he came on, that changed. There was suddenly a press. Like against Schalke, where we won, yeah, he changed again. He came onto the field. When we scored that second goal, the winning goal, Kenny wins the ball back, but he's way higher up than any right back should be. And then who does the ball go to? Shunyic doesn't even take a touch, just passes it straight off. That starts the move for the goal. Shunyich gets the ball, looks for someone to pass to. If he can't see anyone, okay, cool. Pass it backwards, build up from the back. If he wins the ball in midfield, he passes it really quickly. Doesn't dawdle, doesn't really think about it, doesn't spend too much time, you know, thinking, oh my God, I've got this player running, this player. He immediately sees someone and he immediately offloads it and gives it to players like Chris said that can do something with it. So as soon as that sort of player comes in, the whole set up of Schwarz's football looks better because that's how he's meant to play that's how he wants to play without Sunya Jinja you don't have the press and without the press player, you don't have he's a player that's easy to get behind yeah you know you could a, a number 10 like um like when we had Cunha at the moment West Ham got a player Paqueta you'll see him in the big tournament at the moment but he hasn't really done it at West Ham yet and that's because the things that he's trying haven't yet come off Mm. Whereas a player like Sunic, because it's just full, it's because it's full-bodied and and full of yeah. heart and 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 energy. Yeah, you can't you can't not get behind that player, and so that lifts the crowd and the crowd are with him as well. And so in in those games at home, especially, 
when uh, we score late on or, or we're in the game still yeah, and we're chasing yeah. and chasing and chasing, he's the one bringing the crowd with you. If it yeah. was a Cunha there still and he's trying a trick or a flick or thread a ball, ball through, People, yeah. oh, you, you're moaning, you're groaning, you're on yeah. his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not the conditions that a number 10 needs in that particular no. role. So that's why I think every team near the bottom, um, especially, but every team needs needs a Sunyic in it. Yeah. Um, and it's allowing players like Toussaint. I mean, Toussaint's having a great season. Why? Well, look, at his, look who's in the middle with him. Yeah, look, uh, the, the the player that Sunyic reminded me of most was Per Shelbred. Mm. Because they're very similar great in shout. their style. Yeah. yeah, they're very similar in the way they play. They're very similar the fact that they're not particularly pacey. Like, they're not particularly quick. Um, Shunich does have to be careful. He's on four yellows. If he got booked against Borkham, I wouldn't mind because I really do want him to play against Union. So, if he'd be booked against Borkham, it would be sitting out against Wolfsburg. You know, that's mm. the worst thing that could happen. But he had, chance, he had a chance to score against Cologne. Obviously, he's not a striker, nor left-footed. So, OK, he missed a chance to score. But how on earth he got played in the first place? Because that ball... I've got no one running forwards, so I might as well do it. You know, I've got no one running in front of me, so let's see if I can do it. Obviously, he had a fantastic chance to score, didn't come off. But then he's a ball winner and a ball player. We haven't had that for a really long time. That no, Shellbread was brilliant at that, and he did it. He's so simple. It's such simple football. It's such a simple way of playing. Because the, the higher you win the ball, the higher your players already are. So that means your attack can be so, so swift. If you're too deep, you're, whoever you're playing against has got so much time to get back and defend their ass off, just like Schalke did. Because it happened, you could see against Schalke a lot. As soon as we got the ball, Dodi was Dodi and Ajuke were coming into their own half to collect the ball because there was no there was no one in the middle to win it back. There no press. So they were forced so far back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got lucky because Toussaint, <laughs> Toussaint's goal against Schalke was uh, rather a, an accident by Alex Schwaller. So, um, like I said, without Sunic in that role, there's, there's literally nothing in that to win it back. Although, to be fair to Boetius, he is a similar kind of player, but he likes to play higher up. And Serdar, I said for ages, like maybe six weeks, please, dear God, just bench him because he's not playing well. As soon as they did that and they put Sunic on in his place, what happens? Beat mm. Cologne 2-0. So, like, thank you, Sandro. I don't know how you saw it because my tweets are locked, but thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know how you saw it, because um, people were coming up to me, like, afterwards, like, I, I told you, people were tweeted me, like, oh, she was right. I was like, it's so easy to see. All you have to do is watch, you know? Have you ever been wrong, Anna? That's... <laughs> yeah, I'm always wrong. No, I like to be proven wrong because I always get bad feeling. I'm like, I want to be proven wrong when I feel like negative about something I like that but mm. I think a lot of people I got a friend who's a, a football coach with young kids and but that still means he works with a football coaching brain you know and he said exactly the same thing it's like against Schalke he said as a fan I'm ecstatic as a coach I would be furious because we yeah. won but we played like shit <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, excuse my language but yeah we played like scheisser yeah. we, we were not good <laughs> Yeah, we're so not good. Just jumping around, my little uh, little agenda here. Um, so we've identified players who play quite well. Who mm. might we fancy recruiting in January? And don't say Ronaldo. 
<laughs> no, not him. I don't know. I no. don't know the players. I, do you know what, Mark? I don't. I don't know the market well enough. No, neither do I. Not I really. don't know. To, to yeah. be able to to be able to give you a player and tell you why the confidence. What I would say is, I still think we need a centre half. Because as well as they've done, I'd still like someone to come in. Mm. We've been there, seen it, done it. Well, you're not going to get that in January. Yeah. But if it's a wish list, I want a, I want a starting eleven centre half to come in, um, and, I, and I think we need another striker definitely. We really I mean, again, need another yeah, striker. Again, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah. But I think we need another striker yeah. big time. Yeah, we really do. Um, I love Kanga. I think he's great. Um, and I I know Selka will probably go. Um, Jessica Gankam is not fit yet and Derry Shahan is still very young very young even though he's incredibly good and incredibly talented fantastic youth player and will be like a star because he's I've watched him so many times he's 23 amazing player but would he play in a Bundesliga team week in week out not at the moment because he's not he's not got the experience yet he'll get it gradually hopefully you need a striker who's experienced but not too expensive yeah. Someone that could score goals, but not necessarily like your your Ronaldo's or you know your Harlands or whatever. Yeah. But someone. Yeah. So like maybe if you went around Bundesliga two or a few like nations where you've not got so not the top five leagues in Europe, but maybe some of the. Yeah. It's a gamble. But then, but then you can't afford. That's the thing we can't. Tried and tested because but nobody wants to sell them. Can we not? There must be a 2023 version of Solomon Kalou out there. Yeah. <laughs> who's who's quality? Who's but not old. Days, yeah. Best days are behind him. The thing is, though. Well, his San- name is Vedat Abisovic, but he's retired. <laughs> San- Sandro and Bobic, their their eyes are on international leagues all the time. I would suspect. Yeah. Particularly. Bobic definitely. Sandro's just come from Russia, for example, which is. You know, one well can't get too much into the politics of Russia at the moment. But yeah, one yeah. thing you could say about their football league is the playing staff are deeply international. Yeah, you yeah. know, in that and um, <sighs> Bobic's recruit recruitment strategy has been largely from outside of the Bundesliga, with the exception yeah. of getting a few players in who have got games under their belt. Mm. Yeah. So I, I mean, I. I know Bobic too well. He will, he will dip around players from the region he's from. So he will dip around for players from the Balkans because that's where he's from. He did it at Frankfurt. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he did it here as well. Obviously, with Aremovic and Sunic, you've already seen that. Jovetic, you've seen that, you know. Yeah. There is one player I know from Bundesliga too because he played at Furt last year, a guy called Bradomir Hergeter. Yeah. He's a. I really like him as a football player, but he's not played particularly well because Furt have not been good this season. But last season he scored pretty much all of their goals, and he's experienced. So that kind of player, he's got the experience, mm. but he's not like. It's not yeah. like he's not good enough to be in the Bundesliga. It's just that the teams he's played with have not been good enough. Yeah. So someone like that, I Is hate it? to say a player like Polter or something from Schalke. Mm. That kind of player that's got the experience but is yeah. a little bit less of an asshole. That kind of. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about Polter. No, old, not him, but no. someone yeah. like him. Someone like him, old, yeah. But um, also, he's not guaranteeing you a lot, no, as many exactly. goals, you know. 
No. Exactly. And it's, you need it's somebody no... who's going to get you 12 goals minimum, you know. Yeah, That's yeah. not going to happen, though, because it's a football cliche, like, we're shopping in Aldi, and there's nothing wrong with that. I shop in Aldi. I, I love Aldi. In, I, I don't mean it in that sense, but it gets across the point. I think Ian Holloway yeah. or Redknapp, one of the two, coined it best, didn't they? When they said, we're, we're in a league of Harrods, and we're shopping in Aldi. And the thing is, if you're buying Audi players, you're going to get Audi performances yeah. unless you find a gem. Yeah. And yeah. where we are in the league, we need players to come into our starting eleven and improve it straight away. Because yeah. although the performances and the playing style was improved greatly, we are still where we are. And we need to be careful of that because we definitely, definitely cannot afford to go down. The only other caveat I want to throw in there is with the potential change in... Um, uh, change at boardroom level with Vinters, etc. Is that going to impact on our spending no, power? That's a big January? question. That's a big question. Yes. No one no one knows the answer to it yet. Yeah. Um, well, we, no, while we need these, well, while we need someone, <coughs> also, I'm sure Bobit should be acutely aware, mm. and, and, and Sandro in particular, that you don't also, you don't want to bring in somebody who's a Flipping prima donna who's going to disrupt the togetherness no. they've got at the no, moment no. as well. It's an important it's window. Really, yeah. Like even though Aduke does behave a little selfishly on the pitch, he's not an ego off it. You know, he's not a prima donna that cries and you know throws his toys out the pram. He's actually a very well behaved young player who's got a lot of heart and just tries his hardest and just gets it wrong on the pitch sometimes. Yeah. That's it. He's not an idiot. You know, I don't think we've got any players in the squad this season that are like that, um, to be honest. Like we had Cunha, obviously, before. We've had Mitchell Weiser. We've had a few other players that are a bit too big for their boots or whatever. But to be honest, I don't see any of those in the squad this season. I, you would expect Boateng, Prince Boateng, to be one of them, but he's not. He's not like that at all. He's the yeah. complete opposite. It's been a unifying factor in, in, in many ways, I think. So, yeah, yeah, there was a fantastic story that I heard um, so uh, about Boateng, about Prince. He uh, spoke to the team after we lost to Hamburg 1-0 when we played them at their place before the 2-0 win we got. This kept us up. He gave like a massive speech to the dressing room or something. And when we played against uh, Cologne, he did exactly the same thing. Like he took proper control of the dressing room and gave them this massive speech and, you know, was trying to boost their... Because we just lost to Stuttgart like, in the like, eighth minute. He was trying to boost their morale at least to kick them up the backside and say, you know, it's a completely new game now. You have to behave like it. Don't think about what happened before. So he's a massive factor of just keeping people together. It's no. good in a way because he must he must he must have many millions in the bank from his yeah. transfers alone. You yeah, know? yeah. He's, he wants to stay as well, Nick. He wants yeah. to be part of the board when he retires from football, which will probably be the end of the season. He would like to re- uh, to be part of the club still, which is another good thing because he he actually cares. So the the best out of the two Boateng brothers, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> just rather than get into that. Sorry, um, sorry, Prince, uh, sorry. <laughs> I love you. Um, tell us a little bit about this takeover. Uh, I know nothing. I know nothing. Uh, really? 
no um this, it was just a, I, try and, I, try I, and do it without libeling anyone that would I help i can only can only say what i heard from uh, reading various german news sources today so that's kicker build and a few others um vintorst has claimed that he has found a buyer for his 66 percent shares uh but will not reveal who it is and uh he he said he's pleasantly surprised with the amount of money he got so obviously he didn't he probably hasn't got what he paid he probably got a lot but not what he paid um because obviously we've got that money we spent it he invested it but he can't get it back off us because he gave it to us you know so basically a present so now if someone buys these shares off him he gets some some probably most of what he spent he won't say who it is Bobich was in the United States speaking with a few owners of NFL clubs and things like that I don't know if they're linked but what's worrying what's kind of worrying but kind of a good thing but not a good thing is that Hertha has the first um uh sort of hand in whether whoever wants to take the shares um whether or not they they accept um the problem is they can veto it but that would mean that Vintors to have full control over who it gets sold to he Vin, we would have to buy the shares back of Vintors before giving them to the person he wants to sell them mm. to and that's the problem because we can't afford to buy them back so we don't have 360 million euros so whilst Vintors can choose whoever he wants and we can say no we don't want that person to take over your shares he can you know he can say well then I can't sell my shares and you're going to have to buy them back off me but the thing is, nothing's been heard from the club side, only from Vinhorst's side. That's it. So you wonder yeah. whether or not it's a good or bad thing, because he could sell to God knows who. Yeah. Well, Literally, he, God he knows who. Is. <laughs> yeah. I, I get the feeling. I get the feeling that the re, the way it was reported kind of suggests that we accepted who it's been taken by. With Bobic in the mm. US, it kind of makes sense, you know. With him yeah. being, you know, the kind of guy and he is, he will not allow so he will not allow a nutter to take control of the club. A, he just won't let it as happen. A, as a former gentleman of the press, I, m- I might suggest that if it was somebody who's going to invest way more than Vindors ever did, and Vindors has fa- found this saviour for the club, we'd know about it by now. Yeah, it's not it's not for the club's sake, trust and, me. And it's when, for his. When, uh, I, I don't he know wants how, his money back. Yeah, and I don't know how verbatim your quote is about uh, him being pleasantly surprised at how that's much what, he's that, got. That's what um, that's what the media was reporting. So yeah. well, I've it sounds got... like that's that's kind of if if I were an egotistical tech millionaire, <laughs> that would probably be my way of saying I've cut my losses. <laughs> basically no, just, i got i got i've, I've taken of the first offer, offer and yeah. i want to get out you know so, before um, i get any more damage the thing is like chris said before whether or not it affects our spending we don't know we just need those shares back out of his control because at the moment he has those shares we can't use them for anything no one can take them off him and invest yeah. any money because they're his and he yeah. won't invest so it's like a whole chunk of it's basically like you've got a pipe and it's half clogged up because we can't get the money to come through because he's yeah. blocking it because he's in the way. So my gut, my gut feeling is that if, in in terms of how it will affect 
um, transfer plans. It, it probably I don't think won't. It will. Yeah, you know, I don't we, think we it don't, will. We haven't got any money anyway, and we <laughs> accept that, and we're not likely to get any more. <laughs> so, so yeah, but it might be, be um, that. We've got amazing, amazing new, um, not owners, but amazing new investors who give us amazing amounts of money to pay off. We need, basically at the moment, we just need money to be able to afford to get the equity back because if we, we can't pay the 80 million euros that we owe at the moment because we don't have it. So uh, the problem that causes is if you can't pay the money, mm. uh, you can't afford your license for the next season. So uh, that could be an issue. <laughs> That's why we need these shares sold. Another soap opera on the cobbles. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's uh yeah, it's not good. So Yeah. So but. with all of these matters covered, my inclination is to uh, wrap it up there because we'll mm. need to get together soon and have very little to talk about potentially. With well, it may be that we've got a new owner. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. maybe that'll if be do, a good we'll excuse for yeah. we'll we, we sold we yeah. sold, we sold Selka and bought Ronaldo. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's oh. well, that, that would get rid of any money we did have. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe we'll get Erling Haaland on loan during the yeah. World Cup. <laughs> so, yeah. Like what that, whatever, whoever it was that said they got him on loan. Hilarious. So, uh, yeah, uh, we shall endeavour to do another podcast before Christmas, I think would be a reasonable target maybe yeah, too and that'd if if anybody wants to um participate in a podcast i might do some bonus one-to-one podcasts a little, little bit like i did with chris in the pre-season um just me saying that has forced anna into a massive yawn sorry <laughs> reminiscent of the today yeah. <laughs> so that might be quite nice to hear about people's different people's <laughs> motivations for following her to berlin that would be interesting so do get in touch if you fancy participating in that or maybe you've been to the ground for the first time since lockdown and um, you might want to talk about your match day experiences we're always open to ideas yeah so wrapping up um thank you very much chris and anna that was uh enlightening let's hope predictions predictions everywhere oh. yeah no no we're not doing <laughs> predictions we're not doing predictions is it. a merry christmas and a happy new year at this point but um, it's literally like yeah last again against cologne literally the last thing everyone said to each other is the middle of november it's like merry christmas and happy new year yeah. it's ridiculous. the thing is the thing is when we resume on yeah. january the 21st it's past the cutoff point when you stop saying Happy New Year to people. It's that I far know. away. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Ridiculous, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll save the festive salutations for a the next pod. So thanks everyone.